What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Formula One Gridlock Podcast. My name, of course, is Nathan Charles, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Chase Bozung. Chase, how are you? I'm doing good. I am doing good. You know, it was <laughs> well, a fun one. It was the very first running of the Qatari Grand Prix, and Chase, yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. So first, let's just let's just get get into the race rundown. I think um, we all, you know, there's there's some thoughts and some feelings and some reactions. But first, let's just get into the rundown. So we got Lewis Hamilton taking first place in the Mercedes. We got Max Verstappen taking second in the Red Bull. Obviously, our two front runners, first and second. That's good for both of them. Third place, out of left field chase, and this is really where this race got interesting. Fernando yeah. Alonso, third place, his first podium back yeah. in Formula One. As you all know, he retired a few years ago, but now he's back. It's his fourth first place since 2013, I believe. For, wow. What a gap. Wow. What a what a driver. What a drive. What a G. What a G. Fourth place, Sergio Perez in the Red Bull. Fifth place, Esteban Ocon in the second Alpine. That's a great Result for Esteban. Sixth place, Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. Good result for Lance. Seventh and eighth, the Ferrari bros. They can't seem to separate each other. That's Carlos Sainz in seventh. Charles Leclerc in eighth. Lando Norris in ninth in the McLaren. Tenth place, Sebastian Vettel in the second Aston Martin. We had 11th place, Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri. 12th place, Daniel Ricciardo in the McLaren. 13th place, Yuki Tsunoda in the second Alpha Tauri. Alfa Romeo's back-to-back, 14th, Kimi Raikkonen, 15th, Antonio Giovinazzi, 16th place. That's a quality result from Mick Schumacher in the Haas, 17th place, George Russell in the Williams, 18th, Nikita Mazepin in the Haas, and we had two DNFs due to tire failure, Chase. We had two of them, Nicholas Latifi and Valtteri Bottas. So that's tough for those guys, but... Everybody kind of had to deal with it, and unfortunately, they lost. <laughs> yeah. So, Chase, give me your one-word description. I chose fun, because that's honestly just the only thing I could think when watching it. I was having a fun time watching it. I mean, you know, like, it's not like it was the most fun race ever, but looking at the top three, looking at the top five, I mean, that's different and i hate to say it but we don't get that many different results anymore in this one we have someone who's third place who's never third place you know i don't know i just i I enjoyed watching it new new track that's always fun new tracks are fun to see i enjoyed it absolutely absolutely i went with a little bit of a different word well it was actually a word that one of the uh, announcers used when they were talking about I think it was when Latifi hit a curb and busted his tire. The word is innocuous. This was um, an interesting race, but not one that's necessarily memorable. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, although it, and didn't really change much when it comes to the standings, although it did help um, Red Bull uh, close that gap in the constructors. With That was uh, reopened Lewis. last race. Yeah. Lewis uh, obviously gets first, so he gets a lot of max points. But Valtteri not scoring any points is really, really uh, going to hurt 
Mercedes, especially with Red Bull uh, having two drivers in the top five. So they're going to be happy. I believe the the gap now there is only about six points uh, between those two. And I'm I'm wrong. It's actually five. Excuse me. Gave in less. So my word was innocuous. Chase, give me your driver of the day. I mean, is anyone going to be surprised by Alonzo? He's not... He's not, it's not like he braced out of his mind, but he got a podium in a world where it's Mercedes and Red Bull 1-2, 3-4, right? Then Ferrari 5-6, throw Pierre in there, then throw the two McLarens in there, and it's like, where do you got room to fit anybody else? You don't. Mm-hmm. And he he found a spot there, and ooh, I loved it. He And it's not like he was there at the end, right, snuck in the... He was third place the majority of that race. Mm-hmm. I love absolutely. to see it. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, that's a great point. I think um, the the experience that Alonso had, I think, really really let him um, solidify that third place. And the biggest reason I think of, of because of that is is his the way he maintained his tires. We had mm-hmm. guys left and right blowing tires on one stops because they were they were pushing too hard or doing something. But Alonzo was smart enough and experienced enough to really put together a solid drive. He had no tire issues. He even said like he was like uh, it, it, to his engineer, I forget exactly what he said, but essentially it was like, are, like, are we going to make it? And the engineer was like, yeah, you're good. Like your tires are still good. Mm-hmm. So he was like, sounds good. And he just freaking did the thing, you know? Yeah. He, he he showed what experience really does mean in F1, you know? It means yeah, a lot. Definitely. All right. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm yawning. Um, Chase, my driver of the day, has to go to Sergio Perez. I'm such mm-hmm. a sucker for Sergio Perez. I love the guy, especially after the Mexican Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, him having such a great race there and the crowd loving him. And I love him too, man. And everything was against Sergio in this race. Everything was Agreed. against Sergio in this race. And he still managed to come fourth. He really should have gotten third. He really should have gotten third. I'm kind of mad, but we'll talk about why he well, really didn't get third later. Okay, okay. I was going to pause. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll be good. But I'm upset that... Uh, I'm, I, I'm upset that this drive because of Alonzo's third place. And that is great for Alonzo. I have a feeling that nobody is going to remember how many stinking cars Sergio Perez passed in this race. I think he probably no. lapped the entire grid twice. The, the commentators, the commentators literally made a point about it. They were like, he must feel like there's 40 cars on the grid. Exactly. Exactly. So all props to Sergio Perez. Alonso's going to get the headlines and he's well-deserved, but Sergio Perez had another fantastic race and he, I really think he deserves that second Red Bull seat until he doesn't want it anymore. I really do. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right, Chase, we kind of have similar. doing what he's doing, you know. Absolutely. Chase, we kind of had similar answers here, but uh, give me your team of the day. Who do you got? It's Alpine. I mean, first of all, Alonso. Right. First of all, Alonso. Yeah. But I think a lot of people overlooked Akon in fifth. That's 
both of them in a top five position. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari world. What are they doing there? The answer is they're getting points and they're trying to secure that best of the rest of the rest title. You know, <laughs> how many best of the rest of the rest are there going to be? Haas, uh, is the, <laughs> Haas is the best of the rest of the rest of the rest. They're the no, la- they're last. Haas is just they're the there. worst. <laughs> Haas is just there. Haas is the only team this season to not score any points. Tough. Yeah. Anyway, Al- I think Alpine did a phenomenal job. It's a new track too, so we we must not forget that strategies and stuff like that. I mean, they capitalized. Mm-hmm. They capitalized. They capitalized. Great. Uh, two good strategies, and of course. You need your drivers, obviously, to pull through, and they both did. Um, yep. Alpine pretty solidly in fifth uh, in the constructors. They're quite a ways away from uh, McLaren in fourth. McLaren, obviously, is fighting with Ferrari. Um, although, as the weeks go on, that gap between those two teams gets wider and wider. Yeah. So, my my pick, of course, for Team of the Day was, was, was Alpine. I think this was fantastic from them. Really mm-hmm. showing... Uh, not only a, a steady hand at the wheel of that team, not doing anything crazy. Um, but also understanding that, that, uh, you know, this is a good result from them. They're going to, they need to be able to take this result and learn from it. This is, uh, you know, a team that recently went through a rebrand and although, you know, there's their owners are still the same, like, it, it still kind of feels like this is a new a new start for them. And, you know, is Alonzo going to be there forever? No. He's old. Let's just, let's just lay it on. Yeah. But, but you need to be able to get what experience you can from a, from a legendary driver like Fernando Alonso, a world champion caliber driver from Fernando Alonso. You needed to take what information – how he runs his car, how and and take that information and use it and bring it to the next guy, because the next guy is only going to get better with the, with the experience of a of of a driver like Fernando Alonso. Agreed. So I think, so I think Alpine, it, this was a fantastic result from them. They they needed to take like what they did at this race and were really like take that and apply that because. It's at the end of the day, Chase, it's about what works. It's about, it's not about what doesn't work. It's not about what I think is going to work. It's about Mm -hmm. what works and the teams that can emulate what work. Yeah. That Alonso's regarded as one of the best to ever live. So who better to listen to, but the guy who's racing on your team, who's one of the best to ever live. Exactly. I, and I always, whenever I am like this, you know, whenever I see a, a smaller, you know, on the lower rung team have a have a good weekend i always i always look think back to when we had uh uh racing point and and now aston martin and their whole debacle with the quote-unquote pink mercedes Mm -hmm. and i whatever first off it's not cheating it never was i don't know why everyone was like oh it's cheating i think it 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 was a it was that was a incredibly smart thing for that team to do. I agree. They emulated what worked. There's literally nothing wrong with that. These, there's no point really in, unless you have, unless you absolutely have 
the space to do it, to experiment, like do what works and then take that information when you have a baseline of what works and then, and then work off of that. So I think Alpine needs to take this race as a baseline and build off of it. And if they can do that and they can learn from the, from the driver that they have in Fernando Alonso, they will be successful in the future. And I, I and, and uh, I think that's it. I think that's really all you need to say about it. Yeah, I agree. All right, Chase. Let's talk about bad stuff because there was there was some bad stuff here oh, in this yeah. race. There was some oh, stuff yeah. that didn't really go wrong. Obviously, uh, about 15 seconds in, Lewis had already taken the lead, and the race was pretty much over from a first. Lewis started you know, the lead. From, yeah, I mean, but you, you know, mean there taking was, it to home? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, he gets a three second lead like almost immediately, and Max is Max obviously started at seventh, and um, so essentially, you know, Lewis pretty much had this race wrapped up from the first lap. Um, but that's really not what made this race sort of exciting. So Chase, go ahead. Uh, for me, it's the obvious choice of tires. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to loop two things into it. Uh, but the first is just tires because like I, like I always say when stuff like this happens, it's so disappointing, not only for the fans, but for the racers, uh, for the drivers, you know, it's like you try, you spend your whole life, your whole weekend, your whole week building up to just get a flat. <laughs> I mean, you know, very anticlimactic. Yeah. It's, it's so disappointing, but I just, I kind of also want to group in just Bottas's performance, regardless of his tire. I think, I mm. think Bottas was doomed to perform bad and his tire just made sure that he DNF'd essentially. Yeah. I, I kind of look at this. This was a race that we really got to see kind of the driver that Valtteri Bottas is. And I have said it from the beginning, but I have always felt that Valtteri Bottas is a mediocre driver in a fantastic car. Mm -hmm. And I know that is harsh, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to do that much um, when he's out of the Mercedes. And in a race like this, where he has to start in the middle of the grid with somebody who we who we consider a top class driver in Sergio Perez, uh, they started. So Sergio starts in eleventh, mm -hmm. and Valtteri Bottas starts in sixth. Sixth, uh -huh. yeah. And by the end of it, granted, uh, Bottas. Uh, you know, has the, the puncture, but by the end of it, not only has, I think within a, uh, within a few laps, Sergio has made his, made his way up and even passed Valtteri Bottas. And now Valtteri's stuck in the middle of, of the pack and he just can't do anything. Mm -hmm. He can't do anything. He, and it's so like, it's almost comical. And I hate to say that because I hate to be rude, but like, the the race engineer was like, okay, Valtteri, time time to do it, time to get past the midfield, please, like, and it, it's just so sad to see. I don't know, uh, the mediocre, like you said, a mediocre driver in such a phenomenal car. I don't know if it's worse to see the fact that he can do so well, or if it's worse to see him do bad. If you know what I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's more disheartening. 
It is tough. Um, all right, Chase. My worst of the weekend. This this is something that you know you can't really do anything, and maybe you don't even recognize it as it's happening. But obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, Sergio Perez did not need to two stop that race. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, Chase, and I can't, I cannot understand why they did it. Sergio Perez does one thing better than anyone else on the grid. What is it, Chase? It's it's protecting his tires. The commentators said it. We all thought it. He, the man. He's, he's good at it. He's literally the best. Yeah. In a race like this, where he's in a good position, you're going to get third place. And his tires and, 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 and his tires, you know, people are making it on the one stop. People are going to go for the one stop. Yes. Yes. V- Bottas had a puncture. Yes. There were other punctures. But but Alonso made it on a one stop. Yeah. I I get why they did it, but I, I hate that they did. I hate that yeah. they did because it's a risk that you have to take. And then they're like this, like I, you know, he pits and then he's on the radio and he's like, like, I don't think I should have done this. How many cars do I now? I, now I have to overtake like four more cars in order to get back to where I was in like 10 laps. That's ridiculous. And what's even wilder is he almost freaking does it. He almost does it. He's got like four seconds. If, if you give him like maybe a couple more laps, maybe he catches uh, Alonzo. But obviously, that's not how F one works. Like, you can't just yeah. give a guy more laps. Sergio Perez should have gotten third, and I think Red Bull really made the wrong call here, pulling him in. They should have trusted and just said, you know what, Sergio, people are having issues with their tires. Do your thing. Do your thing, Chief. Do your thing. Let him do his thing, and I think Sergio Perez really gets third here. So this was this was tough for me. I think so, but to play devil's advocate, I do think, like you said, it comes down to they didn't want to risk him getting a puncture and then just completely dying and them losing a bunch of points. And I think they're trying to win constructors, and they're yeah. playing it safe. And uh, it's not that so it's not it's not about the driver; it's about the situation. They understand yeah. that Sergio can do it. We all do. I think they just, they simply wanted to be like, hey, I don't want him blowing a tire, you know, because we decided to do a one-stop strategy here and he becomes Bottas DNFing, you know, or Latifi DNFing. So. Mm-hmm. I understand. All right, Chase, let's let's get into some topics. Um, a pretty big one uh, and an unfortunate one. Um, today is the 28th of November. And we have actually just gotten word that Sir Frank Williams has died. Rest in peace to a yeah, legend, an F1, sad. an absolute F1 legend. I mean, the the amount of people that this guy worked with, he was mm-hmm. a part of 16 championships. Obviously, yeah. the founder of Williams Racing. I mean, some of these names, these names are uh, K.K. Rosberg, Nelson Piquet, Nigel Mansell, Alain Prost, Damon Hill. Jacques Villeneuve and uh, even uh, freaking Ayrton Senna. Ayrton Senna. Thank you. I could not for some reason. I could not. It was the name isn't right in front of me. So, I mean, that list of names alone is incredible. Like I said, 16. Uh, he won 114 races, nine constructors, 
I mean, a legend, literally incredible. just the incredible. a legend of the sport. And might we not forget that he's knighted Sir Frank Williams? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. He was recognized. He was rec- recognized by the Queen. He's a G. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So rest in peace, of course, Frank Williams. And um, honestly, like, I don't know. We we need to get this. We need to get this Williams team back up and running, back to the top. They're getting there. When Formula One is good, Williams is 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 good as well. Yeah. So uh, and unfortunately, on that somber note, let's talk about the championship because. Mm-hmm. We're in the last two races. We've got mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia and we've got Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. That's it, Chase. Two more. Yeah. There's some fun things that can happen with points here. There's some Absolutely. Really fun Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, Max Verstappen and yeah. what and some of the uh, scenarios that could happen. I want to there's there's four of them and I want to see which one you think uh, is like possibly the most viable. Uh-huh. So we've got Max finishes first with the fastest lap mm-hmm. and Hamilton finishes sixth or lower. Uh-huh. And he wins, he wins the championship right there for the viewers. He wins at home. it that right there. Undisputed. Hamilton can't do anything. He yes. wins it right there. So if he gets first with the fastest lap, so an extra point and Hamilton finishes sixth or lower. If uh, Max finishes first, no fastest lap, Hamilton finishes seventh or lower. If mm-hmm. Max finishes second with the fastest lap, Hamilton finishes 10th or lower. And if Max finishes second and Hamilton doesn't score at all. Those are all the ways Max wins the championship off the bat. Yes. He has to get at least second. And Hamilton needs to not have a good race at all. And I'll add another one. There's a fifth scenario. I mean, there's obviously tons and tons of scenarios, but there's a fifth fun scenario where Hamilton pulls in first with fastest lap in Max Verstappen pulls in second. That puts them in a dead tie going into the next race. Oh, me? Oh, my. Oh, man. All right, Chase. Which one of these do you think is going to happen? I'm privy to uh, if if I think Max will finish first and then Hamilton might have an engine failure. There might be something wrong. So Something might happen with the car. Here's my thoughts on it. I think if Max is going to win the championship this race, right? Yeah. I think the I think the likelihood of him doing that is low, but I think if he does do it, Hamilton's DNFing or essentially DNFing. Yeah. I think Yeah. I don't think Hamilton comes in 6th or or higher unless like something's terrible something terrible is happening he wants mm-hmm. another championship mercedes wants him to have it you know he, he loves it yeah and they're fighting they're fighting, they're fighting. They and up. as much as i don't give hamilton credit he is statistically speaking the greatest to ever live so i think if max wins it in this next race it is 100 percent down to hamilton's dnfing or you know Blows five tires, goes to the back of the grid, can't get <laughs> can't get back up, you know, kind of thing. For sure. So yeah, yeah I think essentially that is... DNFing, whether it's technical or not, I think that's the only way Max Verstappen wins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think 
And I don't know, would you be satisfied with that if, if, if that were to happen? As a Red Bull fan, as a self-proclaimed Red Bull fan yourself, would you be happy uh, if, if Lewis DNFs and Max wins? So it comes down to a lot of things. First of all, let's say, let's play the game he fully DNFs, right? Fully out of the race. It depends on when it happens and how it happens. If it happens in the beginning, I'm disappointed. If it happens lap, lap 56 out of 57, I don't know. You could make the argument that the, he had the entire race to win, you know, kind of thing. And it becomes more fun that way. Uh, and it also depends on, like, does another driver just blatantly smash into him? And mm. that's why he DNFs? Or is it something that's out of everyone's hands? His his engine blows. His, you know, his transmission gets shot, you know. So it depends on what it is. And basically what I'm saying is I want it to be competitive if it is going to happen. But I I personally think the most interesting result is Hamilton is present for the entire race, but just simply cannot get sixth or higher. And Max is just driving out of his mind. Yeah, that would be that. Although that would probably be the most interesting. I, I just Lewis has been so good from the middle of the pack. Exactly. Like, we've exactly. seen him so many times, you know, get a get a penalty for running Max off the road and crashing him into a wall. And then, of course, oh, you, oh, slap on the wrist. You get a you get a short penalty and then he still wins mm -hmm. the race. Like yeah. as much as I dislike Lewis Hamilton and I do not want him to win. He is a fantastic driver and, and it really doesn't Agreed. matter where you put him. He's going to find his way to the front. So agree. So. I think these two are probably going to be going at it on, you know, you know, this weekend next. So yeah, I think the most out of the options we chose, I chose a DNF, but I think the actual option that happens here is Maxwell and Hamilton do. And then yeah. they fight in the next race and on. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if I want the stress of it, but it makes a better championship, right? Down to the final race. Absolutely, it makes a better championship. And hopefully with these changes to uh, in the final uh, track there in Abu Dhabi, which is notorious for not having a ton of overtaking opportunities. Mm -hmm. You've got kind of the one long straight, and then you've got kind of one sweeping straight. But those, that's yeah. really about it. Um, you know, with these changes that we're going to see, and we are going to see a couple of changes to some corners, yeah. um, you know, hopefully, uh, this race really will be, will be not only a good race for the spectators, but also for the championship, you know? Yeah. I agree. keep it interesting until the very end. And, and honestly, that is what formula one overall, this has been a season that formula one really needed. If you think, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you think about it up, so you've got kind of this spike in, especially, you know, us American viewership. Mm -hmm. Imagine if, if that spike was three years ago and now we get to just watch three years of Lewis Hamilton dominating. Boring. Formula One is so incredibly happy that this, this kind of resurgence of Red Bull, of Max Verstappen really coming into really maturing as a driver. They are so happy that this happened right Liberty now in this year. Because yeah. if you're not watching Formula One now, I, it doesn't get much better than this. 
Yeah, I mean, really unless doesn't... we're talking about the OGs, it really doesn't. Yeah, it's... you know, unless we're talking about a three-way fight for the championship. 2012, but, anybody? But yeah, but three-way fights typically don't happen. That's just not something that happens. It's very hard for them because there's yeah. not that many points slash races to go around. Exactly. So, you know, when you've got two teams that are really fighting for – you've got two drivers and two teams that are fighting for the constructors and the drivers like we do have this year – I mean, it doesn't get much better. And and yeah. especially these two drivers, you've got Lewis being such a, uh, you know, he's so very calm and he's, you know, he's the, you know, I hate to say pretty boy, but, you know, he's the <laughs> kind of the poster boy for Formula One. And then you've got Max, you know, the the, the young lion, you know, yeah. the golden boy, the kid who's, you know, who's literally supposed to take the crown from him. Everyone is like, Max is the next champion. Mm -hmm. and whether it be this year or next year or exactly more he's the next champion if it's not hamilton yeah and and you know for like i said formula one is so incredibly happy that this season happened right now uh and even like for the future what this means you know how much longer does lewis stay in is max gonna get another champ is max gonna get a challenger uh, is 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 this Lewis's role now that you know attempting to win back his throne from Max? I just I can't wait I can't wait it's gonna be yeah. great it's gonna be great for the next few years and especially with these new regulations coming. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's we're gonna, gonna have I think we're gonna year. have good we're gonna have a quality, uh you know a quality championship fight I think for the next few years probably until Lewis retires to be perfectly honest because I don't think yeah. he's ever gonna swap from mercedes you know what i mean there's no way there's no way he leaves there's no way they let him go not unless he's in it for like two more decades and ferrari wants him for some reason there's yeah is no way he leaves mercedes it's just not happening yeah all right chase uh what's this about a mini game a little mini game a little fun game i got a mini game and i haven't quite uh figured out how to quiz because it's a little hard but it's a mini game about overtaking. Right now, everyone's talking about 2021, who's gotten the most overtakes, who's going to win a new uh, Crypto.com trophy award for overtaking this year. But I'm not going to talk about that. And that's that's interesting, sure, whatever. But I'm going to talk about the all-time overtakes. So we're going to play a game, okay. and I'll give you a bunch of things to guess. And if you get close on guessing. them, you know... That's that's good. You're not gonna get any of them head on, and if you do, that's great. But it's too it's too broad, basically. So we're I'm gonna go down some of the some of the records in F1 of overtakes and races and by people and all the all this fun stuff and see if you can guess any of them. All right. Okay. So the question is, which race had the mo which dry race had the most overtakes out of any other F1 uh, race? And or how many overtakes do you think it was inside that race by all the drivers, everyone on the grid? Which dry? Which dry race, which means it's there's no there's no rain on the track, which okay. dry race. You can guess year, you can guess track, and then you can guess the amount of overtakes. Oh my gosh, Chase! This is this yeah, is I'm way not, too much. Well, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying you have three different chances to guess because okay. it's so broad. You're 
you know, you're lucky I'm never if you gonna get, get one this. of them. Yeah. Okay. So for year, mm-hmm. I'll say give. Let me narrow it down. Do you want? Do you want a hint? Uh, yeah. Give me a hint. Of course. Uh <laughs> you were not prepared for the hint. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think about how to not give it away. Can you? Okay, I'll say well, this. Tell, Nico tell Rosberg was on the grid at the time. Okay, okay, all right, that's helpful. Can you give me like who, the championship winner that year? I cannot. No, that okay. gives it away. Uh, okay. Well, if Nico Rosberg, so then it was like early 2000s to early 2010s, so like 2005. Okay. Uh. You want me to no. tell you whether you're wrong or not? Or well, just tell yeah. me, dude. Yeah, We're going to be here forever. It's 2016. You, oh, you got okay. a guess for the track now that you know the year? All right. That's nice. 2016. Um, I'm trying to – I don't – Rosberg. Maybe Monza? It's the Chinese Grand Prix. Oh, okay. And how many overtakes that do you think happened? How many over? Okay, so there were twenty-one cars on the grid. I'm thinking, uh, forty. I don't know. <laughs> Way higher. What? A hundred and sixty-one overtakes happened in the 2016 Chinese Grand Prix. How many? A hundred and. 61 161 oh my gosh all right that that's nuts that's so yeah what what can what do you have like an average like like what like what is the average at 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 on a normal f1 race uh i'll tell you the average is not nearly that much because one of them uh one of them one of the next questions kind of mentions what an average for the season was, and it's absurd. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll continue on. All right. So wet race. I will give you a better hint on the year, just so, just so we can have a little more fun. It is in between 2010 and 2018. Mm-hmm. It is a wet race. Can you give me the year, the track, and how many overtakes you think happened? In between, you said 2015? 2010 and 2018. I'm going to say it was 2014, Brazil, and there were 78 overtakes. Still low on the overtaking part, but you got the track. (laughs) It was the Brazilian Grand Prix. I when Every once in a while, uh, that Brazilian Grand Prix gets rained on and it yeah. gets crazy when that it happens, goes wild so. i kind of figured that one of these would be brazil especially the wet ones it was 2012 so two years off not bad and it was 147 overtakes 147 so like about 20 less than that other one yeah which i would have expected more for wet i would have figured that I... wet races would have ventured on the higher side personally yeah i would have too i think i think i guess it all comes down to whether whether like if a car like spins out, if that's counted as like an overtake. Well, I think like so. If, I think if, if, if I'm you're... second, I spin out and the entire grid passes me. I think that's an overtake for every one overtake for every person on the grid because they go okay. up a position. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then I guess I would expect that to be higher than the dry. But yeah. All right. Wait. Okay. No. Yeah. That. Um. I think. I think one of the reasons the the Chinese. 
Grand Prix has so many is because the um the pit the pit straight is so long. Mm-hmm. The pit straight on that Chinese time. Grand Prix is really long. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. All right. Next Continue. one. Most overtakes for the lead, meaning how many times did this single person overtake to get the lead? Actually, it might not be single, but how many times uh, did someone who is not in the lead overtake to get the lead, right? So I'm second, I I take it, you, you're you first, you, now you're second, you take it back from me, and we keep swip swapping. Okay. All right. So for the year... We are about, I don't want to give it too much away, but we're, <laughs> we're pretty close. We are not born for the next, oh, like, a lot of decades. We're not born. Oh no. <laughs> so it's a long okay. time ago um, and race year overtakes. All right. Uh, 60s. Can you narrow it down? I'll give you a hint. You're uh, there. You're getting 60... there. 68. It's 65. 65. Oh, I was actually about to guess 65. Just, just smack yeah. dab in the middle. Okay, yeah. 65. That's oh my good. gosh. I don't even... I don't, Just go, I guess an up? old track. An old track. Oh, jeez. Uh, Monaco. <laughs> it's the Italian Grand Prix. So, Monza or... I, I yeah, yeah Monza Monza. I was gonna say I don't. It doesn't specify, but it does. Well, there there because there is another like quote unquote Italian Grand Prix. Yeah, another old Italian one. Anyway, how many how many overtakes do you think second made to first? Eighteen. Forty one different overtakes. Forty one. <laughs> Who was it? Wait, let me think. Jackie Stewart. Uh huh. And. Jochen Rint. I'll give you a hint. Four four drivers were swapping. Oh, the there were four different leaders. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought this was like uh one oh, like two no. drivers yeah, yeah, passing yeah. each other forty one times. No, it's it's four people passed each other to get first place. Okay, okay. So Graham you got Hill, one right with Jackie, Jackie Stewart. Stewart. Graham Hill, Jackie Stewart. Mm-hmm. Here's who I think it is. Graham Hill, Jackie Stewart, Bruce yep, McLaren, yep. and Jochen Rint. No, it's ah. Jim Clark and then uh, John Surtees. Surtees. Okay. So a Ferrari driver. Uh, BRM. I'm not sure who that is. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. That one's an old one. All right. So this one's that fun. That was an old one, Chase. Holy cow. Yeah. This one's fun. You've got a lot to hit on this one. Okay. So fewest overtakes in a race. Give me the amount, the year, in the Grand Prix. It happened three times. So you have three chances at a year and three Grand Prix. Okay. The hint is we were alive for all of them and not one is the same track. Oh, really? Okay. I'm going to say um, let's go two years ago. So 2019 Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And the overtake number was four. Okay. Which means it's four for the rest of them, by the way. It's the same number for all of these. They're all tied okay. to this position. All right. Sure. Wait. That. No, no, no. Four is way too low. Because it, like, 
every because it counts as an overtake too, right? When when uh when the driver goes into the pits and then the driver passes him, that counts as an overtake, doesn't it? Uh based off of what I'm looking at, no. Okay, all right, good. So four, I'll stick with four, but I have a feeling that that's way too low. Um, the other years, um, I don't know, 2010 Monaco. I bet there's uh, I bet Monaco is one of the tracks. You got Monaco. That's correct. All right, good. And Abu Dhabi was that right? Uh, Abu Dhabi was not right. Okay. Um, and then Sochi, Russia, no. is my third. No. No, no in Sochi. Okay. Do you got three years? No, I'm, I'm not going to guess the years. Just just, okay. just go. So it's zero overtakes. No way. Monaco, U.S., and European, 2003, 2005, and 2009, respectively. There were no overtakes at the U.S. in the Circuit of the Americas? Yep. It might oh. be. It doesn't necessarily mean it's... Uh, the Texas track because we've had a couple different tracks here in the U.S. Yeah, because there was that really bad one in the Indianapolis like, one. Yeah, but there was another one too, wasn't there? In like, I don't know, but the one cited is the really bad race where it's only six cars started. That was the 2005 Grand Prix, and that's where oh there was no gosh. overtakes. <laughs> and my guess is with the other ones is that uh, they were counting where drivers finished versus where they started because like okay. you said you brought up a good point with pitting you pit yeah that's you know people overtaking you so all right and I then we'll consider do... an overtake what it's just when like you are both racing and the guy behind you gets in front of you yeah you like don't spin yeah. out that's what i consider a quote-unquote overtake so yeah. i think I that's I my they, they have a definition for it but it's really long so i haven't read it i think i think that's pretty <laughs> much i agree with you all right so there's a couple more this one's all easy right, right. because it's it's most overtakes by a single driver in a season. It is old because uh, 2021's beating it currently. Three drivers are beating it. But can you guess the old one? The amount of overtakes made by one single driver, the driver's name, and the year. Do you want a hint? Yeah, of course I want a hint, Chase. It's a Red Bull driver, which gives you from... Currently? Uh, late 90s to 2000s. I won't speak on whether it's currently. It's just a Red Bull driver did it at it's, some point. In it's Red definitely Sebastian Vettel. Um, and then what year? Yep. What year and how many overtakes he made that season? I would say probably the year of his first championship, which was... 2010. 2010? Is mm-hmm. that... Because it's 2010, 11, 12, 14. And then how many total? Uh Uh-huh. How many total? Over the season. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. It is is a lot less than both of the races that we mentioned earlier. 75. Really close. Oh. 78. 78. But it's Max Verstappen. Oh, is it really Max Verstappen? 2016. So he made, they mention it here, he made like 18 for Toro Rosso and then 60 for Red Bull when he got uh, pushed up, which was an average of 3.7 per race at Red Bull. Wow. Very impressive. That's a lot. Came out of the gates 
Horde. Final one. Most overtakes in a single season. All right, not one race, not by one driver, by everyone on the grid for the entire season. Now I'll give you a couple hints. There's no way I'm getting this. I'll give you a couple hints. All right. Okay. It is one of the most competitive seasons we have ever seen, both by driver lineup and by championship standards. It's, it's, let's see, how do I phrase this? It's a lot. It's in the hundreds. <laughs> it's a lot. It's in the hundreds. It's one of the most competitive seasons ever. And if I said this season, you'd be like, that makes so much sense. But think okay. about like stellar lineup, driver lineup all across the grid, relatively even playing field. No one's super dominating. We got a lot of heavy hitters. What year and how many? So, all right. My first thought is 2012. Is that your final answer? Uh... I think it, I feel like it's older than that. I feel like it's because in 2012, you had Schumacher at Mercedes. Uh, there was, there's just a lot of like kind of older drivers that were still quality. There's a lot of them. Well, here, I'll say this before you lock in your answer, have okay. a guess at how many it was. And then I'll tell you how many it was. And we can go back to the year. Okay. Is it in the thousands? Like, no, no. Okay. It's but not it is in the hundreds. Sure. Significantly. Um, 650. You're about 220 shy. It is 870 800. overtakes in that year. In that year. Okay. That's a lot. That's it a lot is an average of, I think, 43.5 overtakes per race. Okay. I'm just gonna lock in. I'm just gonna lock in 2012. Like I, I, because at this point I'm kind of, I kind of don't know. You're right. It's 2012. Let's go. And it makes sense. 2012 is one of the most, like I said, one of the most competitive seasons with one of the biggest. It's got the most uh, world champions in it out of any year. Yeah. And it wasn't a dominant year. It was not like Ferrari was. You know, Red Bull came out on top to continue their streak, but. It was wild. Yeah, 2012. But 43 overtakes per race. Now, that would be a fun season. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we can get back to that. Yeah. With these uh, with these new... Uh, new regulations. Uh, these new regulations. All right, Chase. Let's... Time to wrap it up, Chase. Time to wrap yep. it up. We've had our fun. We've had our fun. Final. Uh, well, not final. Excuse me. Second yep. to last. Saudi Arabia. December 3rd, December 4th, December 5th, which is next weekend. Yep. Who do you got winning? Who do you got? It's a long, it's a very long and windy uh, and windy track. It's kind of, it's just honestly, it looks like a straight line back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, first place, Max Verstappen. It's very Mm. windy and Max Verstappen has phenomenal control over his car. And we know that Mercedes is better in a straight line, but this isn't really a straight line. It's a squiggly wiggly. So <laughs> I I think uh I think Max is one. I think if Hamilton doesn't DF D 
DNF. He's two. And I think Perez just he's he's Red Bull's number two. I think he's right in there at number three. All right. I think I agree with you. I think uh Max is gonna he's really like this is crunch time. I've said yep. that the last few weeks, but this is really is crunch time. Max is going to take first. I think he's going to command this one. But I think the Mercedes are because they are so good in the on the straights. Like they're, I I think this is going to be a Mercedes two three. I think Valtteri Bottas and I think Hamilton second, Bottas third. I think uh, Mercedes is really going to make sure that nothing out of the ordinary uh, happens in this race. Yeah, I'd be disappointed because I would crush pretty much crush championship constructor for a Mercedes, but I could see it. Yeah. We could see it. Uh, and a fun fact I'll add, this is the second uh, longest track on the grid followed hmm. by, or preceded by spa. Interesting. We did not get spa this year. We did not. We, we almost kind of, got it. We almost got it. And got a fastest lap on it. <laughs> So we really didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that means we didn't get it. All right, Chase. Well, I'll see you next week. Yep, see you.